0: Boomtron. 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 Boomtron bet you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all. We could be wrong. Kill the better views like a damn ago again. Boomtron but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick your favorite show. We can put it on. We know it all. So nothing's atypical.
1: And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 32. We're Press and Play on Netflix Originals. I'm Diego. I'm joined by Amy and
0: Mark. What's up, everyone? It's August, man. What uh, the ugh. heck?
2: <laughs> Why would you say something like that? That's terrible.
0: I can't um, believe
1: it. Now the summer starts to go by pretty fast. It really does.
2: It really does.
1: Well, before this turns into a real sad mood. What are you guys <laughs> Sorry. What do you, what, <laughs> what <are> you guys <laughs> have been watching?
0: What do you guys been watching? Uh, well, I've been, I've been doing my homework. I watched all of season one of Outer Banks so that we could talk about season two. Uh, I've watched all of season two as well. Um, and uh, I've been working on my Yellowstone. I got a ways to go, but I'm on <gasps> it. Oh So, good. so I, good. What do you think? I love it. I love it. Right? I really do. Yeah. So,
2: so good. It's so good. Very all good. Right.
1: Very good. What about all you, All right.
2: Amy? So I watched two of in addition to the shows that we're going to talk about i watched two of the movies that i had said i wanted to watch which were resort to love um and good on paper resort to love i really liked it was i mean it was a 100 percent predictable rom-com um woman she and her boyfriend or fiance actually they they break up and then she goes and gets a job at a singer at a resort in you know some island location the bahamas bermuda i don't remember and you know of course who shows up at the the island is her ex-fiance and his new fiance and you know she's got to deal with that and the guy's hot brother and so on and so forth. I really liked it, it was it was easy to watch. It, I knew what was gonna happen from the first five seconds of the show, but it was still good and funny and well done, and I really, I enjoyed it. The second one that I watched was good on paper, and it's a comedian, a female comedian, who starts, She's, she's friends with and then she starts dating this guy, Ryan Hansen, who was on Veronica Mars, and I just love him. Um, she starts dating him and he seems like a little too good to be true. And um, you know, she just kind of goes through this relationship with him, and then she finds out in fact that he's been kind of lying about everything the whole time and she just kinda has to deal with that. It, it was funny in parts. It was I didn't love it. I, I kept watching it and I kind of kept dozing off and then waking up and rewinding and dozing off and rewinding. So it wasn't enough to keep my attention the whole time. I didn't not like it, but I didn't love it. So that was good. And then the other thing that I watched, which I was really excited about was the love is blind reunion. Um, Cause it's now two years from love is blind where these people met through a wall And proposed (laughs) to each other through a wall without ever having seen seen the person.
1: Remind me if I'm wrong, but there was only one couple that really got married at the end of that season?
2: Two. There were two. Two? All right. Yeah, so the Hamiltons got married. Cameron and Lauren, they got married. And then the Barnetts, Amber and Matt Barnett, they got married. Um, and so that's actually how they brought everybody together is they had a dual second anniversary party for them because they've all been married now. You know, they've been together for two years now. And so they brought they the first two. There was a four episode reunion thing. So the first two episodes were just kind of like following everybody around now and seeing what everybody's been up to. And then the next two episodes were the party like how it all goes down to the party and i follow a lot of these people on instagram so i kind of already sort of knew what was going on with a lot of them but it was interesting to watch and also interesting was that after it ended like after it had come out on netflix two of the most controversial characters who are Giannina and damian both were very careful to write on their Instagrams like, just remember everything you see on reality TV isn't real. Um, so of course now I'm questioning everything that I saw anyway, and all the stuff that made me go, oh, no. So now I'm thinking it was probably just all for show because there were some really weird and awkward moments that I was like, no human being in their right mind would actually do what he just did. Um, And now I'm thinking it was totally just produced. But I really enjoyed watching it anyway, and I watched all four episodes of that, and and that made me happy. So what about you, Diego? You been watching anything?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of animated stuff, actually. Uh, I watched Transformers, uh, War for Cybertron, the trilogy, and this was Kingdom. I I only made it through, I think there's only six episodes, but I'm like halfway through the sixth one. It's not bad. I really like this series. I like the animation, and I like the story, and just... It has that old school Transformer feel to it. So, Okay. I know I, me and Damon have actually talked about, I think, season one of it. So, uh, season three just came out a couple of days ago. And remind me if I'm wrong, but did we talk about He Man last episode? I don't, I don't think we did. I
2: don't think we talked about it. I think it came out right after. And I know you two watched it. And that, no, I know yeah. we didn't because we, that we, would we have been texted. two weeks ago. We texted we were texting about it.
0: about it. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah. So we watched, I guess we all watched He-Man. And I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I know there's a lot of controversy. I know there's a lot of angry people. Uh, I enjoyed it. Do I wish that there was a little bit more He-Man into it? I do. That's just because I like He-Man. Uh, but right. the story was cool, the, the The animation was really, 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 really good, For and real. I do like the storyline, and I do like how they build it up, I do like that twist at the end and how things ended up with uh, Skeletor and Adam, He-Man, so I, I, I do look forward to season two, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith, so I have a lot of faith in his ability, I, I think everything he does comic book wise is really dope, so uh, I, I enjoyed it, it was different. And you know, anytime where you're watching a show and the main characters are not safe, is always right. something that I, that I like. I like that twist where no one's safe. Yeah, the stakes are yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So, so I, I'm with I you. That.
0: I'm with you, Diego. I I mean, I love anything Kevin Smith does, and I also love the fact that he came out guns a blazing to the critics. He's like, look, it's not called He Man Masters of the Universe. He, it's it's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. The, that big twist at the beginning with, with Skeletor and He-Man buying the farm and how it really freed up screen time for all these other characters I thought was awesome. Um, it has Sarah Michelle Gellar in it, someone else who I – mean, Yeah,
1: the cast, the voice oh, cast of this. Is Mark Hamill, like nerd stellar. head. Of, right. Yeah, it's um, just stellar. Stellar, stellar.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm down with the girl power. I mean, I really was. And, and Kevin Smith was like, if you don't like it, change a channel. <laughs> right. <laughs> It was it was very well done. I enjoyed it. Team and Tila,
1: Team Tila, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the other show. And Amy, I'm surprised you didn't mention, it, or maybe you were, and I wasn't really listening to you. <laughs> uh, but the movies that made us with Jurassic Park and didn't watch Back it. to the Future.
2: Oh, I know. You, I need to.
1: False. You know how I feel about Jurassic Amy. Park. I know. Oh, you were talking the big game about it, so I actually watched it, and I I saw the one that they did on Jurassic Park. Back to the Future. I, You know what? For Back to the Future, I didn't know that Marty McFly was not the first. Uh, I mean, Michael J. Fox was not the first choice. And it has uh, really? Eric Holtz. Yeah, they had the guy What? From, oh, I can't remember the movie now. Mask? Mask. Eric Stoltz. Yes. Yes. They He was originally casted. And they did like six weeks of filming. And they were he took it like too serious. And it was like supposed to be like a comedy kind of thing. But he was so serious in all the scenes that they, like, the director was like, no, we can't. After six weeks, they're like, this is just not working. And they recasted him.
2: Yeah, he would have been a terrible Marty McFly. I loved him in Mask, but he's not a comic actor. Yeah. Six weeks of filming. Yeah.
1: Six weeks of filming, just gone. (laughs)
2: Oh, my God. And because
1: they hired Michael J. Fox, they had to then recast the girl that plays his girlfriend because the original girl was too tall for Michael J. Fox and they thought it didn't really fit. So then they had to get rid of her and they hired the girl that ended up being in the movie. So that was it that I enjoy. I really enjoyed that series. Like the toys that made us the movies that made us uh, because it gives you like a lot of like behind the scenes trivia things that you know otherwise
0: you wouldn't have known so i live for good. that stuff I mean, i've got to watch that i didn't even know it's very
1: it. really good it's uh there were a couple seasons but this last one was really good because i had jurassic park back to the future forrest gump and there was another one that i didn't really care for so but it was it, it, i'll oh. check it out very good very good so do you want to jump into which one amy which one did we say we'll do 1st let's
2: jump into how to sell drugs online
0: Oh, fast.
2: Okay. Fast. (laughs) Right. So this is, this is season three of this show. Um, and we reviewed seasons one and two, or maybe just two, but I think seasons one and two, and I had forgotten how much I enjoyed this show. Um, and I've said so many times, I don't love shows about drugs. I just, I don't love shows about drugs. I don't love movies and shows where there's a ton of drug use. It's just, for me, it's a turnoff. This show, and maybe it's because they're not normally using the drugs. They're just building this empire. Um, it, I, I thought this was maybe the best season. I really, really loved it. So I guess, do you want to go, should we? just briefly go episode by episode? I don't know how you took notes or if you didn't take notes or what your uh, thoughts are
1: on I'll, I'll follow your lead on this one, Amy. So if you want to go episode right. by episode, that's fine.
2: Okay, so... The first episode is called A Little Failure, A Single Failure, A Little Slip, and it's under pressure from good times. Moritz races to rebuild my drugs during a school trip to the woods, but code bugs and allergies derail his progress. So the way that they ended season two, in season two, he gets hooked up with these Dutch women who he's now, he's the CEO of My Drugs, um, where he's selling drugs online. But these women have kind of funded him and he really works for them. And these are killers like these women would kill you without even blinking twice if you're not bringing the money into them. Um, and so he has to rebuild my drugs. Um, but he but he kind of struggles with it during this episode, I had forgotten that the friend group all fell out at the end of season two. Yeah, I so would... I had forgotten that they all hated him.
1: That was my biggest thing going into this It's like, I just forgot a lot of the things that had happened and i kind of had to go back to some of the episodes in like the last few episodes of season two because i was like wait did i miss something what's going on here because you know at end of season two you see him doing like that interview and then he's like oh time's up and then you see him being escorted with handcuffs right and so i think in my mind i thought season two ended with him being arrested and now they're going to like this camp but it's just like him by himself and his friends aren't talking to him. They want nothing to do with him. Nothing.
2: Right. And I had also forgotten that his ex-girlfriend was still in the picture and how she really still, even though they broke up, she still seemed close to him. Like she cared about him. And I I had forgotten that too. Um, So, I mean, this episode I kind of felt like was really just reminding us of everything that was going on. Right. They go on this school trip, which it's supposed to be a study trip um, to prepare for their final exams, so they take all the seniors out into the woods um, where they're all drinking and partying Smose. and sleeping yeah, together. So, yeah. And I mean, it, it was a little it was crazy. super lax,
1: super lax. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for it, I, I was waiting for it to turn into a slasher film at one point. Right.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was a little bananas, but and you know he realizes. Um, that he he really still needs Lenny, his, his old best friend. He really needs his help writing the code and he's trying to woo Lenny back, but Lenny's girlfriend isn't having any of it. And they make him sleep outside and he's allergic to the trees and he winds up having this terrible allergic reaction. Not much happens in this episode. Like this is really just, I felt like establishing the relationships that Morris has with all these people. And reminding of us who who all the players are. In the second episode though, A Misdemeanor, A Little Trip, Lenny does decide to help Moritz with the site on one condition, that they keep their collaboration a secret. And meanwhile, Jens, who is Moritz's dad, gets worried about his future. That's the other thing I liked about this show is that they're like 30 minute episodes. So I liked that too, because I didn't feel like it was super overwhelming. Um, And in this episode, I was reminded of how much I liked Morris's dad. Um, His dad's a cop.
1: Yeah, he really gets into it this episode and you kind of see him like he kind of like he's like in denial about his son, but then like certain pieces start to fall into place. And he kind of has to like intervene to kind of protect his son. Yeah, and and he does. Yeah, so you start seeing him cross that line you know, destroying evidence, confronting this uh I don't want to say he's FBI, but confronting one of those like agents about stealing evidence and it's just he kind of kinda spirals out of control a little bit, trying to figure out how to protect his son while not getting caught doing it.
2: Right, exactly. My one of the notes that I took for this episode, I said it's kind of amazing that Moritz's dad is willing to go that far for him. Like Dude's a cop and he's willing to steal evidence and destroy evidence, um, you know, to protect his son. And then it's also in this episode that we realize that his old girlfriend, Lisa, isn't really still into him, but that she's recording him.
1: And she's having
2: him tell his story, and she's recording him, but we don't know why yet.
1: I wrote down, Lisa is a snitch. (laughs) Watch (laughs) out.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what I was thinking. I thought for sure Lisa was, like, working with the feds, and, like, she's how he finally gets caught in the end or something, so... Then we have episode three, episode three is called, does this condemn me? Lock me away. Moritz hires a high priced business consultant
0: <laughs> Kira
2: and Dan come up with new ways to raise money from Lenny's medical treatment. So again, the whole reason that Moritz even got involved with this in the first place in episode one is because Lenny, his best friend has cancer and he's in a wheelchair, and he has these tumors, and he can't walk, and they cause him a lot of pain, and he's trying to raise money to help him, and of course, Moritz kind of loses sight of all that, but Kira, Lenny's girlfriend, and Lenny, obviously, never really do, Um, but in episode three, in episode three, he goes to this business coach, Moritz does, because he wants he wants somebody to help him be like a better boss. He feels like they he's want tired to of being more
1: serious. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's tired of being bossed around by these Dutch people and he wants to take control. And so, you know, the guy's willing to coach him. The guy sits down with him. I wrote my notes like, who is this guy? Somebody else is there. And this business coach like kicks that guy out. And he's like, you, you've got a lot of potential. I like what you got here. Let's see what we can do together. And then, Moritz is in this meeting with the guy observing him. And Moritz is a total boss. He's like, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And let's look at these numbers and everything. And then the two Dutch ladies just walk in and kind of nod their head. And everybody starts getting up and leaving the room as Moritz is talking. And, you know, so I was, he finally, and then Moritz is like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with you. And he starts talking to them about, one of them says something about um, knowing, knowing who you're working with and he's like you think i don't know you think i haven't researched you and then he starts like spouting out all of their secrets and he's like i know this about you i know that about you i know that about you and that's it i'm done i quit and so my notes i said i'm glad that he finally decided to leave the dutch i can't imagine <laughs> that they're really going to let him go um which in the end they don't have to go get him because he comes back but episode four is before you turn the key i have one more thing to say and it's the guys take a road trip to rotterdam marie asks lisa to keep an eye on her brother when moritz crosses a line dan does damage control Um, and so in this one you know he's he's done i'm done with with my drugs i'm not going to sell drugs anymore and then he winds up talking to Lenny and Lenny's had this episode where he's been bleeding. Um, and so Moritz is reminded of why he was doing the whole thing. And he decides he's going to start my drugs back up again. And so, you know, that's no good. Cause you just, I just want the whole time. I'm just like, Moritz, just stop, just stop <laughs> selling drugs. Just stop doing it, man. And he just keeps getting sucked back in. Like he just, he's just, and I think I said this in episode one, season one and season two as well. He's just like this waterfall of bad decisions. He cannot get out of his own way and it's so and again he's just a teenager, but it's so hard to watch. um and then Lisa kind of comes clean about the article um, but then as soon as she does, he gets like really mad. he's like calling her names and stuff and I'm like, dude, she literally just told you that she has recordings of all of your business like why would you try to make her angry Mm -hmm. i don't know this that i didn't again the episodes are so so short that there's not a lot of depth in any of them that i feel like and diego tell me if you think i'm wrong but i feel like this whole show every episode moves so fast that there's not a lot of depth to what is happening it's just a lot of events happening really quickly um which is actually a little bit easier for us to talk about because we don't have to go super in-depth about it but um and then in episode five in episode five it's um to make amends maybe be friends to celebrate the end of their exams the students throw a costume party at school and things get out of control so this is the first time we actually see them take drugs. Right. And Moritz doesn't mean to, but somebody gives him one. And so I think he takes ecstasy or something and he just starts yeah, kind of
1: spiked the, the alcohol with the, uh, the MDMA.
2: Right. Well, I should say, because they're trying to keep their circle small. But as they're trying to keep their people, keep finding out. So Fritzy, who is one of the girls at school, she finds out and she's the one who drugs him. Um, And at this costume party, the guy who works for the Dutch, he winds up showing up and he's chasing them through the school at this costume party. And then they catch him in the basement. They have him tied up and they're having this whole big discussion on, you know, should we kill him? Should we not? And then Lisa comes down to the basement and then Lenny and Kira are mad that Lisa knows about the drugs. And they're like, we don't want to talk to you anymore. And then more, says, I get it. But now we got to make sure that nobody else finds out about this. And then Lisa's new boyfriend comes in. So now he knows about it. So again, their circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger of people knowing things. And then his dad shoots. Um, somebody comes in right to, to, like, somebody comes in and he's holding a gun to Moritz's head. And Moritz's dad comes in and yeah, shoots the guy. the two Dutch the
1: ladies. The two Dutch yes. ladies.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. His dad had actually shoots They the kids, her. yeah. Unbelievably. So, again, his dad's a cop. But his dad comes in and shoots them. Um, Which is
1: weird because he shoots the one girl and he kind of just stares her frozen. Like, why not take care of the every, everyone else? Why, why didn't he run away after he yeah. saw her?
2: That didn't make any sense I, I agree with you on that because I, I felt like he kind of ran away because if he stayed, then have they'd have to things. deal with things they'd have nothing else to do in the next episode. But I yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. And then the last episode is just everyone gets a second chance. A high stakes situation leaves the friends scrambling to figure out their next move. And I'll be honest, I think at that point I was just watching. I don't even remember what happened in the last episode. To me, um, that fifth episode was like the big one with the costume party and the dad and everything. But what happens no. in episode six?
1: Essentially, you know, they're making a decision about if they're going to kill um, the the bodyguard, Martin. The Martin's, uh, and they're so they're deciding and they're voting in the like cafeteria to see if they're going to kill him or not. They ended up not killing him, but then Moritz kind of like spazzes out. And eventually, he, uh you know, he turns himself in to the police.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: And takes all that's the blame, right. and then you kind of see him in jail. But somehow, he's like helping the guards, like so- do something.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: And it, so it seems com- like
2: he's in jail, but not really in jail. It's almost like
1: some. Sh- it's a- it's like a Shawshank Redemption, where like he's helping them do something, and so he they co- he convinced them to give him a computer, which they do. He hacks the computer. He now he has on you know unlimited or um, no restriction on being online. So he gets in contact with all his friends. They're video chatting. Yeah, and it seems like he's still running something because you also see a clip of the dad with the daughter, yes. and he has like a pot of like hundred dollar cash bills, like wadded up. Right. So there's something right. there, at, and then at the end, you hear Lenny on the video FaceTime say, "We're gonna bust you out,"
2: right? And that's, and right. that's
1: how it ends. So uh, <laughs> because we I, need I, another I, season, I, I'll take one more season. I think uh, I, I I have to say that season 3 wasn't my favorite. Okay. Uh, I I I'm I could do with less Lisa. I I don't like her character. She's kind of oh, no and angst. that
2: was the thing that also at the last episode he's kind of there and he's telling his story and then they're like okay i think we've got it and they turn the cameras off right because he's in front of the camera they turn the cameras off and then they're like is that good and then lisa kind of leans around behind almost as if she's the producer of whatever's happening so we also don't know how far in advance that is that's true you know um i agree with you one more season i don't think i need like many more seasons of this um because at this point i feel like it's been played out yeah we kind we know that he's getting caught well he is caught at this point so he's already been caught and now is it going to turn into a prison break kind of thing um i am a little curious about the dad who does seem to be involved now um so i'd like to know a little bit more about that i'm a little worried about. I'm just a little worried about the dad now having shot someone, getting money from the drugs, like how involved is the dad? I wouldn't mind if the next season was more focused on that than right. on them breaking him out of jail. Because again, and and this is something we'll talk about when we talk about Adder Banks too, but they're teenagers. Um so while i know that the kids more it's selling drugs from his bedroom is based on the true story which by the way netflix has that guy's story coming up in two weeks i think it's called shiny flakes and it's the actual biography documentary sorry about the actual kid um so that's interesting but while i can buy that the idea of teenagers breaking another teenager out of jail is not something I'm going to be able to really swallow. So um, <laughs> that one, that might be a little too much. But
1: Speaking um, of teenagers doing things.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, please.
1: Let's get into Outer Banks season okay. two.
0: And Mark, you yes. you kind of binge season one and two, I, I believe. I did, I did. Uh, and I have all kinds of opinions. I was really careful not to read any reviews uh, until after we did okay. the show because I'm kind of curious. I don't know if I'm going to be in the mainstream or the outsider here, but anyway. Ooh,
2: ooh. Oh, that does <laughs> not bode well.
0: <laughs> so, well. All right. Let yeah, I me mean, Amy. Oh, my yeah. All right. <laughs> Amy, go on.
2: <laughs> Episode one. Episode one is... So let's talk about where we end uh, season one. Season one ends with John B. and Sarah on a boat sailing off. They have made contact with the police over the radio saying, you know, we didn't do this. Ward did this. Um, And he's kind of trying to disappear. And everybody thinks that they're dead right? I don't, does their ship blow up or something? Why does everybody think they're dead? No, because there's a huge storm, right? Huge
1: storm. Yeah. The The ship sinks. sinks. Yeah.
2: Okay, so there's this huge storm. Everybody just assumes they're dead, and that's kind of where season two opens up, right? Everybody at home is mourning the loss of these two and starting to kind of move on with their lives, which I have to say, I loved seeing the kids in school. Like, (laughs) that made me really happy to see them in school um what? so episode one <laughs> john what I know is on? could... <laughs> um episode one is called the gold john b tries to evade capture as he zeroes in on the gold because of course they find this gold and then ward takes the gold and they get the gold back and then he gets the so it's just this back and forth all throughout season one with the gold but a promise to sarah could derail his plans and then back home his friends face life without him um so he and Sarah are in the Bahamas, is that where they are?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. I
2: think they're in the Bahamas, right? And of course, Sarah's family has a house there. Um and they figure out that the gold is something is in the house that they need, whether it's the gold or something else, and Jumpy decides to break into the house and I just Right off the bat, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because I'm like, what are you, an idiot? Like, you know there's going to be a security system. You know there's going to be cops. You know there's going to be all kinds of stuff. Why would you break into this house? I don't know. That that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But Well, that, and um, I, go I,
0: ahead. just just to interject, uh, the other thing too, besides all of that just dumbassery, she, she asked him to promise not to go to the house. And he promised her he wouldn't. And then... A hot minute later, like she dozed off and he took off for the house. So, you know, I want to believe the two of them are soulmates. I want them to be in love and all that. And here he is breaking a really simple promise. This isn't even a hard one. Um, so, you know, that may be not root for them.
2: Right. <laughs> well, and, and not for nothing, here's the thing that, that I have to keep reminding myself when I watch this show. They are 16 years old. Like, they're babies They are 16 They don't look oh, like babies they don't, they don't look like babies at all <laughs> and They're not acting like babies either But well, their characters are supposed to be 16 Which is why When we get to I'll just say when we get to episode 3 But anyway any other? Did anybody else have any thoughts on this first episode? Again, I felt like this first episode Was really just about reminding us who the players were yeah. And kind of what was at stake you know yes, like yes yes oh, okay we're looking for gold okay everybody thinks they're dead okay life is going on and and that's even it was a good reminder for me because i forgot how psycho her brother was
1: mm, um, oh rafe was a nut man
2: oh rafe is just a mess right i mean he's a mess with an addiction but even outside of his addiction he just is a mess and I had forgotten a little bit about that. Um, Which and so <laughs> I got
0: I go got to credit it to the actor that plays Rafe too, because I think having binged one seasons one and two all together, you sort of think at first, okay, Topper is going to be this like raging butthole and do all these right. horrible things and be this foil, and to some extent he is. But then you start to see Topper have a little humanity and and a little bit of a character arc. Whereas uh, and then and then you see all of a sudden the uh, the the villain attention shift over to Rafe and he is so sketchy. So when he starts right. to get when he gets triggered and starts to freak, it's kind of fun to watch because he's I, I like the actor. I like that
2: his choices. Yeah, I mean, I believed it. If I saw that guy in the street, I would cross <laughs> the street and walk the other way. I'd be like, <laughs> like he he was the problem. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Then we had episode two, and this is when the action starts really happening, right? And this episode was even called the heist. And it's with time running out, John B. and Sarah strike an uneasy bargain while Kiara, J.J., and Pope search for evidence that could implicate ward and Rafe. So, you know, in this episode, John B. and Sarah are trying to get the gold, but they're also working with these people down in the Bahamas and trying to figure out what's going to happen. Back at home, you have the friends Who are trying to clear his name for evidence because they know, they know he didn't do this. Um, And the, this that we're talking about is shoot the sheriff. Yeah. So many (laughs) thoughts, but they, they, you know, this is what he's jumpy. Everybody knows that he's dead, but they also say, yeah. Oh, and then he killed sheriff Peterkin, And they're like, we've got to clear his name. We've got to clear his name. We've got to clear his name. And then, meanwhile, with the Cameron family, Sarah's family, the father and the father's... Is she his girlfriend or are they married?
0: I think that's the stepmother. I think they're married. Okay. They're married.
2: So his wife, Rose, you know, she keeps telling him, like, Rafe is a problem. Rafe is a big problem. And the dad's like, no, nah, no, nah, he's fine. He's fine. And in my notes, I wrote, I think at some point the dad is going to have to kill Rafe because... I couldn't see Rafe's story ending any other way, because he's just so bananas. And so they get they get the gold, John B and Sarah get the gold, and then they're kind of trying to get away and they're being chased. Now the dad gets a you know a notice from the security company when John breaks in that somebody's on the property, so he and Rafe go down to the house at the Bahamas, and. They the people that are working with Jambi and Sarah get like the whole town involved. They have these little kids run out to the truck and, you know, kind of hassle the truck. And then they put nails under the tires of the security trucks that are driving along with them. And they wind up rerouting them and stopping them and getting them out and putting them on ground. And then Jambi and Sarah run behind them. But the dad kind of turns and looks and he sees that Sarah is there. And he's like, oh, my God, Sarah, Sarah. And he stands up and somehow Rafe gets a gun. And I write, oh, my God, Rafe is going to shoot Sarah. And sure enough.
1: I thought the same thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Sure enough, he shoots his sister, Um, which, you know, like, it's just so on brand for him. (laughs) Um,
1: This was also the episode where they go look for the gun in the sewers
2: yeah
1: yeah oh god that's so yeah. terrible yeah so so you have kiara jj and pope looking for the the weapon that ward killed gavin with the pilot that you know saw what had happened and it, it goes down the sewer drain and then the guys are like yeah we we can't go in there because there's this thing in the sewers that if you get it it comes out somewhere where you don't want it to come out with with for boys right, right. <laughs> So i was like Fine. So she goes in and then the dude then Rafe, of course, flushes the sewers, almost drowns Kiara. That that was intense. Yeah. And cause it's one of those where I'm like, man, are they gonna kill off like a main character here? Like to kinda get this like people like, oh, you know, have a old oh, crap moment here. Right. So there are a lot of times in this in this season where I thought a main character was going to get killed off. Absolutely. Like, like when Rafe shot Sarah. You know, I, I don't know if this is an episode two or the beginning of episode three, but Sarah, three. like, dies three, for, yeah. Like, yeah. for, like, a, a solid, it felt like a very long time, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but it felt like she was done, uh, and miraculously, she came back, but.
0: Right. Hey, um, I have a quick question for y'all. Is the microphone picking up the sound of my eyes rolling in the back of my head? Because it's so <laughs> intense. It <might. laughs> Just let me know. Um. Okay, so here, here's where I might be breaking from the pack a little bit. But, okay. um, All right, like, again, Amy, you made the point. These are 16-year-old kids. Right. So, so yeah, of course they're going to become partners in a criminal gang led by a 50-something-year-old salty sea dog and his gang of smugglers. You know? <laughs> um, you know just, why not? <laughs> why not? Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I, I felt like this is where I started to get a little frustrated because I wanted to see like I'd been making notes about family and and following in their parents' footsteps even when they were trying not to like I was going right. I was going super like cerebral on the whole thing <laughs> and then I felt like they just stopped developing characters and all they did was throw them in one violent or life-threatening scene after another um and and as we discuss more episodes you'll see more of this but but I'm I just I if if these kids like I didn't need like a major gold heist at that moment sit around a campfire and like talk about your feelings like do something besides oh just come jump. on no i'm not saying i didn't need it to be like i did not need it to be 60 minutes of steel magnolias but give me like right. five minutes of a conversation i just felt like it was too no man this is too chaotic on. listen this is full-on
1: goon, goonies man. I, and i said this <laughs> i said this and, and season one when we were reviewing it that this is like goonies and and the, and like if you put all these episodes together and make it a movie, it'd be like goonies and yeah, it's still like right. even, even even season two was goonies for me again, just more old, older characters doing more crazy things, life on the line people getting actually shot yeah, but the, it, to,
0: the, I, the, I, the class the battle between the two classes the uh, yeah the treasure gets right. lost. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a good analogy. And, it is kind and, of analogy. And even um, there are even elements
1: I, I, I might make some people mad here for my video game fans, but it has some parts of Uncharted too, like especially with the goal the video game Uncharted, where it's like a treasure, tre- uh, treasure hunting kind of game, and it's it had the same elements there of like we have the treasure. Oh no, now we lost the treasure. Oh, we have it again. Oh no, we lost again. Oh, now it's down at the bottom of the ocean forever.
0: So, so had know, a, lot of, a lot. Yeah, but but I mean, even even the Goonies thing, it was one arc. It was one quest through this cave that had the different booby traps. But it's one arc. For this one, I kept waiting for like JJ to be like, "We're going to steal the Constitution or something." <laughs> and, like,
2: <laughs> it was. Just... I would have been totally on board with that. By the
0: way,
2: <laughs> I, I mean, love National Treasure. That's season three. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Anyway, so, go on. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: no, I, 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 I mean, I agree with both of you, right? Like it, there was a lot happening this season. You have to
1: go let go of a lot. Of, yeah. Right. Exactly. Of I,
2: I agree with which, you hundred percent. Which
0: about. brings us to episode three. <laughs>
2: oh my God. So this is where I had to suspend my disbelief. So episode three is called prayers. A desperate scramble for help lands John B and Sarah in questionable surroundings. Pope receives a mysterious summons to an out-of-town meeting. So, so my notes for episode three are, excuse me, Sarah's dead? Wait, no. No, she's not. Um, Because, as you said, she dies. And this super sketchy doctor, not a doctor. (laughs) Maybe he has arthritis? I don't really know. He brings up arthritis as for why he's not a doctor. So I wasn't sure what that was about. Maybe he was researching arthritis? Whatever. But he like is tries to save her for maybe a half a second. Like he does surgery, he takes out the bullet, he stitches her up, and then her heart stops. And he like does like one chest compression and a push. What of was the he air looking already. for?
0: And then he heads to the bar.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what and then was he looking like,
1: for? He's like, where is it? Where is it? And he couldn't find whatever he was looking for. With,
2: like, oh yeah, yeah yeah. You're right. He was trying to find something, I guess. And then he was just like, Reality. oh, Well, <laughs> she's gone. And I was like, wait, what? So then I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. John B. is going to like take his fist and slam on her chest and be like, come back to me. And then she's going to wake up. Right. And Um, and and John B. does his compressions for like a little bit longer, but not that much longer. And then she's there and then he's crying. And then he suddenly feels that there's a fluttery pulse and and she's alive. And I'm like, what? And then after being dead, she hops up off the table. She's like, come on, we got to go. We got somewhere to be. And I'm like, okay, slow your roll now. Well, so, okay.
1: ha- Have you ever been in that situation? You don't know what it's like.
2: No, yeah. it, <laughs> takes me, it, it, it takes me a little bit longer to get going after I die. Just like maybe I need five minutes. The fact yeah. that she needed like 30 seconds you have wow. you ever seen flatliners i mean at flatliners once they wake them up they're up they got to go to class because those are like med students which if you haven't seen the original flatliners you should So good. um but so so there's that and then they escape so we should mention they're in no they're still in the bahamas here right yes, yes. and then they get on a boat oh wait wait and, wait and
0: can it, what? can i interject in okay first Please of all in, insert eye roll here okay yeah um so yeah she's dead on that table her her lips are white like she is dead
2: like she's dead dead
0: he whispers i love you and that's what makes her fingers start to flutter again and then she's like let's jazzercise power of um, love and exactly so okay so she's having a healthy jog with uh with john b down the beach to go find some uh food and gas after they get out of the doctor's office he hands her the gas cans so she can fill the gas, <laughs> and he runs in the convenience store to get a snack. And I am screaming at the TV like, "Really?
2: Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> Dead chick is gonna carry the gas cans. Okay, I'm good." <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> carry and on. And at that
2: point, they also pickpock <laughs> somebody because they're hungry.
1: This is episode like, four now, right?
2: No, not yet. Yeah, I
1: think.
2: Or maybe it cool. is. I didn't. Oh think no, so. no. I'm sorry. You're right.
1: It's episode four. That's right. Okay. Yeah, episode so, four, where they decide to leave the Bahamas after escaping okay. finally.
2: So and episode they make... three, they get her. They get her father's boat, and they sail. And he's like, "We'll just take the Gulf Stream. It's going to take us home." While they're on the boat, they decide to get married, and oh. this is where I'm like. Stop it. You are 16. What 16 year old is like, we should get married. 16 year olds are not thinking about getting married. I don't Clearly care. you were
0: in love at 16. Amy. I honestly that I, for me, that was like one of the sweetest moments. Like, like, again, that was character development. I like I like that. <laughs> Diego, so every time character- I say character development, you laugh at me. <laughs> What's
1: wrong with about you? Because I think about this show and I think about character development. It's like the last thing I'm thinking about <laughs> while watching
0: <Right>. this show. <laughs> I need to get out of this lane, don't I?
2: <laughs> like, okay. I, I agree with you that it's character development. And and I like the fact that they were so but, – but here's the thing, right? And, and you know what, truthfully, maybe it is super like on point for 16-year-olds because they act impulsively and rashly and they're totally overtaken by their emotions and their hormones and they, they don't have anything outside of their own experience because, of course, you know, I think like in the next episode or two, they break up. Um, and so, so the, the, just the whole married thing, I was like, what on earth? But I will say this. I thought something was super, super crafty. So I should say first, the Pogues, their friends, um, Pope gets this weird letter that says, "Come to Charleston. I want to talk to you about something." And it's this weird, you know, cryptic letter. And so they're all like, "We need to go because they they understand that it has something to do with the treasure."
0: Yeah, it has so, the wheat stamp on the, the wax seal. Yes, it seal. has the
2: wheat stamp, yeah. which was from the from the boat. Um, that they found the treasure on in in season one so they go to charleston one of my favorite and again this had nothing to do with the story but i just cinematically i really appreciated it when the pogues are going over the bridge to charleston and john b and sarah are in their boat going under the bridge so the pogues are in the car and they're like i wonder where john b and sarah are right now And then John B. and Sarah are going under the bridge. I just loved the way that looked because I was like, yes, good, because all I want is for this group to get back together, because Mm. I think they're so much better when they're all together. Um, So I was really happy about that, that they kind of had this thing where, okay, we can now visually see them being in the same place at the same time. And then that took us to episode four. Right. So episode four is yes. And you're right. This is the gas one. Called homecoming, low on gas and strapped for cash. John B. and Sarah went into trouble. Pope's appointment in Charleston takes an ominous turn over a proposed trade. This might have been my favorite episode. Um, I really liked this episode a lot because of the action. There wasn't a lot of character development. But I loved <laughs> the action in this episode, right? Because Pope goes to this. Crazy lady's house, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I love her! She was in Lost, right?"
0: Elizabeth yes. Mitchell, love her. Yes,
2: she was. I love her. I love her in anything she's in. So as soon as I saw her, I was like, "Oh, I love her in Lost." And they, you know, Kiara and uh, JJ want to go in with him, and they're like, "Nope, he's got to come in alone." So he goes in, and he he she's like, you know, where's the key? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, where's the key? So then she tells him like this whole story. And it turns out he's related to this Denmark tenny who had been a slave that was freed and tried to get his wife and his children's freedom. And then he was hung. And it's this whole big thing. But apparently there's this key that gets you to this treasure. And it's is it the Shroud of Turin? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or is it just one of Jesus's cloaks?
0: I think it's the Shroud of Turin. I think
2: he's, it's the Shroud of Turin, uh, right? Which is this, the the cloth that was laid over Jesus's dead body um, when they put him in the tomb. Um, and apparently it has these mystical hearing. If you, if you touch it, you are magically healed. And this woman is clearly fighting some disease, right? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, I'm going to go now. And he's trying to escape, but it's, her properties, like this weird maze of property. Finally, she sends her guy. She's like, "Go get him. We'll blackmail his father into giving us the the key," which, you know, again, they they don't actually have. And so he finally escapes. And you have this dual chase scene, right? You have the Pogues running from this woman's henchmen throughout Charleston and at the same time you have John B and Sarah running from the people that they pickpocketed and they keep kind of crossing paths and just missing each other throughout the city of Charleston until finally um they, they're coming the the pokes are coming down an alley and John B and Sarah are on this bike Thing and they all kind of run into each other and then they're like, oh my God. And then they're just like, hop on. And so now they're all together again. And that just made me really happy. I thought that was great. I loved mm-hmm. the introduction of the new mystery, right? I know, Mark, that it's a new you know, mystery arc for them to solve. But I really liked that because we already knew where the gold was. And I was hoping that it wasn't just going to be this back and forth, back and forth. I got the gold. You got the gold. I got the gold. You got the gold. I was glad there was something else to look for. And then there was this really nice moment once they have evaded their capture when John B and JJ are just kind of standing there looking at each other. And JJ's like, I really missed you, man. And then they hugged each other and they were both kind of crying. And I was like, oh. I don't know. I, I loved episode four. And like I said, it might've been my favorite, my favorite episode, um, in the, I in will, the show.
0: I will throw a little bit of praise at this one too, because first of all, Elizabeth Mitchell, as we said, she's incredible. And for me, um, I, you know, uh, Meryl Streep was so iconic in double wears Prada as the, as Miranda Priestly, where she just whispered and it sounded so evil when she would talk to people. Right. Um, Elizabeth Mitchell is so sweet and you think she's going to hand you a plate of home baked cookies and she is wicked evil in this. And so uh, yeah, and she's she just fra- and you know she's frail, she's on crutches and she is out for blood and I love that kind of th- that dichotomy of c- quiet and sweet but then the things she says and does are horribly evil. Um I like the tie in to the uh, Denmark Tanny story because I agreed with you Amy that the gold thing had been played out, it was a little stale the gold is with the cops what are you going to do at this point um and uh so but they still tied it in with the whole Denmark Tanny thing so i thought that was pretty clever um i will say this about every episode with the chase scene i feel like they take their camera and they tie it around a dog's neck and then whack it on the <laughs> ass because the camera work it's 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 not even blair witch like blair witch shook a little bit this is a full on earthquake for your eyes every time people go running and it drives me nuts so there
2: I would agree with that. I would definitely (laughs) agree with that. Um, All right. So then then we get to episode five. And in episode five, um, they go back home. John B. goes to jail. John B. goes to jail, and it's called The Darkest Hour. And J.J. cooks up a risky plan to help out John B. Pope hunts down the information about the key. Kiara and Sarah both deal with family fallout for the Pogues. So I... This episode, my favorite person in this series, show, whatever, in any season is JJ. He
1: is is my favorite
2: character. (laughs) He really is. I loved him in season one and my heart just broke for him with his father in season one and just his home life and everything. And he's still like this optimistic, happy kind of guy. And then I love that he had the optimism to think that he was going to be able to get John B out of jail. Like, I <laughs> loved that. I loved that about him. I thought that was great. I don't know. Um, so, JJ is coming up with his plan to get John B out of jail. He's telling him to pretend like he's got appendicitis. And his cousin, I think, is like an ambulance driver. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get my cousin's ambulance. We'll go to the jail. I'll pick you up and you're free. And so while that's all happening, um, they're trying to go to Shoop, right? Go to the, the, the cop and convince him that John B. didn't do this. We've, we're going to get some evidence. We have some evidence. And they have the gun, right? They have the gun that Peterkin was, was shot with. Is that correct? Is that mm-hmm. the evidence they have here? They yeah. have this gun and it's got Rafe's fingerprints on it. Meanwhile, Sarah goes home, and Sarah, you know, the dad is talking to Rose at one point, and she says, at some point, you're going to have to choose between the two kids. It's it's going to either be Sarah or it's going to be Rafe. And he's like, nope, I'm never going to have to choose. I'm never going to have to choose. And Rafe has said to the dad, you know, if you had to pick between us, who would you pick? And the dad's like, I wouldn't pick. I don't need to pick. I'm not going to pick. I don't have to pick. I won't pick. And then... <clears throat> Rafe um, takes Sarah's sister, Wheezy, who, again, I, I, I'm i not even sure why she has a sister because we don't know, we don't ever get to know anything about Wheezy. Um, I'm hopeful that she has a bigger part in the next season. But, and he takes his, pretends to be Wheezy and tells Sarah to meet him. And when Sarah goes to meet him, Rafe starts to strangle her and, or drown her, right? And yeah. kill her. And then Topper comes and saves the day. And that made Copper. me happy. Do I you really? Topper. I hate Topper. And
1: and I don't know if it's like that's the way he's supposed to act in the show and good for him. But I hate like this, like, hey, I'm Topper. Kind of like this is the way he talks. It's like, he's like, a, I don't know, man. It's like an airhead or something. Diego, like, hey, do it again. Do it again. Hey, I'm Topper. <laughs> and I'm here to I save it. you. And I'm just like, shut up, Topper. No one cares about you. Go away.
2: Right. <laughs> So I, I'm not a big yeah, fan of I, Topper. I
1: don't like um, I don't like his way he talks. It's nothing about him.
2: All right, less Topper,
1: well, less Top.
2: I I was I was okay with him coming in here, but as soon as he saved her, I was like, oh, there, you go." Topper's gonna get in between Sarah and John Bay, um, and I just felt like that's what was gonna happen, and then, and then I think the episode ends. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's the that episode happens. I, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm never sure if my notes are about something that happened at the beginning of the episode or the end of the episode. But anyway, during episode 5-2, they both go home. We just said how Sarah's turns out. Kiara also goes home, and her parents are furious with her. And her parents tell her that they're sending her to a boarding school, and they don't want her to be – you're not a pogue. You shouldn't no be hanging clothes. out. Her mother is obsessed with the fact that, that is hanging out with these boys, right? And she's like, it's these boys. Everything's mm-hmm. for these boys. And Kiara's like, they're my friends. Like, that's what they are. They are my friends. That's who these boys are. And, you know, John B, he's alive. I told you I thought he was alive. You didn't believe me. I told you he was innocent. You didn't believe me. Like, just this constant, like, and again, her her parents just aren't listening to her, and so they're like, "You're going to boarding I, uh, school, and if you don't want to go to boarding school, you don't ever see these boys again."
0: Yeah. And go and ahead. I uh, I oh I I'd, I'd made a little note here, and again, because I I was just watching all of these characters, uh, and and the, their their family patterns, like that, these characters were turning into or following in the footsteps of their parents, even when they didn't want to. I mean, in, you know, typically that age when you're 16, that's the last thing you want to do. But Yeah, we exactly. find out in a later episode when JJ's dad is talking to Kiara that her mother essentially did the same thing. She was a kook, uh, the wealthy side of the tracks. She hung out with all the pogs. She married a pogue. And then it seems like while Kiara was growing up, her mom and dad were obsessed with getting being seen as legitimate, joining the local country club and all these things. They're, you know, trying to kind of shake off that, that pogue status. And here comes their daughter doing exactly the same thing that the mother did. And so I think that's part of why her mom is just so looney tunes about her daughter's friendships and relationships.
2: And I, and I get that, but at the same time, it just feels like, I don't know. It's one of those things where sometimes I get frustrated with the, the portrayal of parents in shows, like at least there are parents in this show, right? Like we see Pope and his dad, right? We see JJ and his dad as he is. We see Kara and her dad, we see Sarah and her dad. So I know that a lot of the times when we watch these things, I'm always like, where are the adults? Um, Well, here are the adults and they're not behaving the way that I want the adults to be behaving. And that that frustrates me too, you know, that, that frustrates me as well. But I also feel like so the then kids we have themselves,
0: the episode six. pardon I'm, me I, I, I'm sorry because I, I also feel like the kids themselves though are being complete and total nightmares like I mean I agree like there there clearly is like a communication breakdown on both sides but the kids are giving all of their spontaneous you know we're gonna steal the Constitution moments they're like they just do it at the expense of their trust with the the, the trust they have with their parents the rules the parents have set up. They're stealing cars. They're not coming home for days on end. I mean, I'd be a little crackers too, you know?
2: You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's that piece that I have to keep reminding myself about is that they're only 16. Yeah. Because they're doing (laughs) these adult things, right? I mean, they are Mm -hmm. behaving like adults. So when I watch and the parents kind of crack down on it, I have to remind myself that these kids are younger than two of my kids. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) So, and then I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I wouldn't let my kids do that either. Um, mm. So, right. So, so episode six. John B. bristles when Sarah reconnects with the former flame Chopper, uh, Ward's web uh. of lies starts to unravel <laughs> and Pope discovers a shocking family secret. So John B. gets out of jail, right? They give the evidence. John B.'s out of jail. Shoop finally has to admit, like, okay, you guys were right all along. Um, and in getting out of jail, he goes to school. He hasn't been in school. He was missing, right? He was, mi- and here's where I get upset at the portrayal of teachers. He was missing. Everybody thought he was dead. Then he was back, but he was in jail. And on his first day back to school, his teacher is going to give him a test. Yeah. Right, really? That's what you're L- going to do? Life
1: goes on. Amy. Life, Life does on. go
2: on, but I might say <laughs> you haven't been here for me to teach you anything. Mm. Let me teach you something first. I don't know, but then well, they wind up that night having like a bonfire party. Um, the whole school is there, and no, when they're there, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why that's what is called The bonfire. But that's okay. Oh, you're, right. you're, I mean, that you're about we're about to segue into that. But I wanted no. to, to piggyback on something that you said, Amy, uh, about just again how you know much you have to suspend your disbelief because the last time we saw Child Protective Services in the picture, he had stayed. They were literally driving him in the back of a cop car to foster care, and he jumped out of the car and went on the lam. And then right. all of these other things happened, you know, framed for murder, fled, presumed dead, fled the country. He's back. He's in jail. Don't you think that when they released him from jail, there would be an agent from CPS right there like, okay, right. let's go to your placement versus him driving through town like, what's up? Free
2: right. a bird. <laughs> everybody is like waving at him. They're like, hey, John B. He's like, hey, they can't keep me down for long. Oh, You're 16. Stop it. Yeah, that you, you're you making a good point there.
1: Yeah. Episode so, six is where Ward dies.
2: Yes. Yes, that's right. So things finally catch up with Ward, right? They they've got this gun now. They're coming to get him and he wakes up in the night as like the SWAT team is sneaking across his lawn. Not very sneakily. <laughs> and, you know, they they have him and Ro they have him under house arrest. They've got a warrant out. They're trying to find Rafe. He texts Rafe and he's like, Stay where you are. The cops are here. Um, so Rafe is with that drug dealer guy who is just bad news all the way around. Um, so Rafe's with him and 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 Ward is at the house and Ward gets out to go see his son, and his son's like, I'm gonna be better, blah, blah, blah and then ward's like i've got a plan don't worry and he goes to their yacht and that's where the cops and everybody wind up along with the pogues and they're all standing there and ward is on the boat and the boat blows up after he admits to everything right the boat blows up and in that moment you can see sarah she just watched her father die no matter what he's done he's her dad right so she's like, oh my God, dad. And she's like crumpling and she looks at John B. And And this was a tough scene for me because John B. is just staring straight ahead like, yeah. Well, yeah, the that's guy right. killed
1: his dad. so. I and mean... that's the
2: thing. Like I'm watching that and I was like, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, your girlfriend, your wife, um, is literally <laughs> like, collapsing next to you because this is also her father and she's so upset by this you don't even sort of like even put a hand on her shoulder and of course who swoops in there but topper um and topper kind (laughs) of holds her um you know as she kind of loses it so episode seven is the bonfire um, reeling from is, Ward's actions... This is where Sarah the bonfire finds, happens, Amy.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I gotcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> hence hence the title. Um, Sarah finds her loyalties to John B. and the Pogues put to the test at the annual bonfire, jealousies, and tempers flare. And this is where, you know, it. this is one of those things that just made... Well, my first note for this <laughs> section was, oh, here we go. Teenagers and alcohol never works well in a movie. Um, or real life. But... um, <laughs> this is one of those situations that drives me great. that drives me crazy in teen movies where it's just communication. If you two would just talk to each other, but they don't talk to each other. She goes to the bonfire with Topper. He goes to the bonfire with his friends. When he's there, his ex-girlfriends all like, Ooh, jam And he was like, <laughs> but he doesn't do anything. And in fact, he's kind of talking about Sarah to her Topper, is with um sarah and like she looks and she sees him with the girl and immediately she thinks something's going on so then she's like yeah let's dance topper let's dance so they're dancing and then john b looks over and he sees her dancing up with topper and he was like oh okay so i I can't stand those kind of scenes that kind of stuff makes me bananas because if you would just talk to each other it would all be fine but this was the most teenage-ish I felt like episode um, because it was that kind of stuff. Like it was the (laughs) the bonfire crap where, you know, if they would just talk to each other and then I believe she takes off the wedding band, which is a strip of his father's sweaty um, handkerchief. Isn't what I want to say.
0: Bandana. Hashtag. Thank
2: you. Um, And she takes it off and gives it back to him and, and they're broken up they're they're no longer married because they weren't ever really married because they're 16 um but and they're no longer together and so that's kind of what goes on here is is just this this back and forth with the relationship stuff right unless well, there's and, something else that i'm missing
0: well uh kiara and pope sneak off and they have their did yeah. they or didn't they moment that we talked that then they talk about later i have feelings about that we'll get to later um there's another big fight between some of the, you know, pogs versus kooks. I do have to say, too, I get that you want to keep rooting for John B. and Sarah. And I do. I like them. And by the way, did you know they're a couple in real life? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of yes,
2: cool. Yes, I did know but that.
0: They have chemistry. like. But for his ex-girlfriend that was hitting on him again, she looked so basic. Like a Hot Topic employee that had been fired. Like, I just... <laughs> her whole look was like just so anti-Sarah and unappealing and then the things she said were like forward and gross and so I liked it when the fight started I kept hoping that Sarah would like punch her right in the face
2: (laughs) so episode eight in episode eight now we're getting back to being more like the goonies right now we're gonna go after this treasure and it's called the cross armed with new clues the group brain's perilous roads and swampland, as they race to keep part of Pope's history from falling into the wrong hands. So now they're going to go looking for that cross, that big gold cross that's got that shroud of turn inside. And, you know, they they go out to get it. They The clue is in the island room, and they can't figure out what the island room is, and Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost can't figure out what the island, Landry, is that her name? Yeah something like Uh, that she can't
0: carla Limbry.
2: Limbry, that's right they she can't figure it out either and then at one point Rafe gets mad and he punches a hole in the wall when he punches the hole in the wall the wallpaper pulls back a little bit and as i'm looking at it i'm like "Hmm, that looks like there's writing on the wall there um i bet that's something and sure enough she somehow Limbry figures it out that it's in the house and so she goes to the house. Rose opens the door. She's like, hey, who are you? She's like, I'm Carla Lembri. Now, where is the island room? And so by the time <laughs> the teenagers get to the house, the wallpaper has all been stripped off of the walls in the dining room. And this is the island room. There's the mural all around the room of the island. And they've got to look for clues to figure out where it is. And they figure out that the treasure is going to be at this tree, right, in this swamp. And so they go there, and of course, where they are, it's all about, because they're on this island, they're, it's all about the tides, and where is it safe to go, and when. And so they go there, and of course, Lembry and her people are already there, and they're, you know, digging around the tree, digging around the tree, trying to find, and turns out they find a coffin, and in the coffin is Tenny's wife, where he buried his wife. And they're like there's nothing here how could there be nothing here and so the bad people all kind of leave and then the posts come in and they're like let's see if we can't make sense of this right and the it's it's swampland so around them so they've also got to be careful and they finally somebody looks up right jj maybe jj does because isn't that where whatever whatever it is that they're looking for Yes, yeah, that's there right. There's a painting the of picture. a keyhole
0: in the tree.
2: Yes, and so the stick, they sticks his hand in and he comes out with with the key. Is it? Does it come out with the key? It's
0: the spyglass.
2: He comes out with a spyglass, that's right. Mm. And then from there, they find more clues. They know they need to leave. But they can't because the tide has come in. So Kiara and JJ are going to go get her father's truck while the rest of them stay there. And they're mucking around in the swamp. Why are they down in the swamp? Why didn't they stay in the truck?
0: So the water keeps rising and they, fi- they think that if they can find some wood to prop behind the submerged yeah. wheels, that they could somehow get leverage or traction and, and drive the van out. Um, and can I just say, I don't mean to jump ahead of you here, but alligator wrestling. I almost, this was almost the end <laughs> for me. This is almost the end for me watching Outer Banks when freaking John B. is feeling around in the swamp for, for Driftwood and an alligator grabs him and then they commence to wrestle that underwater. Is life. No, Pogue, it's dumb. Pogue life. And Sarah just starts swinging a knife. F- oh my God. Anyway, I'm sorry, back to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you knew. As soon as JJ said originally... Got to be careful. There's uh, alligators around here. You knew somebody was getting bitten by an alligator, and of course, as soon as um, as soon as John B is, you know, there's an alligator. Now Sarah's all in again, right? She's like, "Oh my god, John B, John B!" And she's trying to rescue him from this from this alligator, and they're all trying to rescue him from the alligator because it's just that easy. And and they do, <laughs> and then finally. So while this is happening at the tree in the swamp, Kiara has gone home to get the keys to the truck. And when she goes to her house, she sees her parents having dinner and they're just having a great time and they don't look like they miss her at all. So she's feeling really sad about that because she's like, Oh my God, they don't even miss me. And so she takes those keys with no guilty conscience at all. Meanwhile, JJ goes home or somewhere and there's his father, right? His dad comes up from behind, clamps a hand around his mouth. His father is now out of jail and he's got to disappear. And so JJ knows he's got to get back, but this is also his father. And so he says to Kiara, like, we, we got to get my dad off the island." And I love that Kiara has no qualms about, you know, giving JJ's dad the finger and telling mm-hmm. him to shut up and you're garbage because he is a garbage human, her, his father. And, you know, she's just, like she's just not taking any garbage from him. And, but you can really see JJ wrestle with this whole thing. His dad's like, I'm clean. I'm clean. I just, I want to disappear. So on and so forth. But then, you know, he sees his dad isn't clean. His dad has these drugs with him and, and it's just, it was a tough, again, you, you just feel for JJ. Like his dad goes to jail and you're like, yes, finally JJ's free. Who's taking care of him? Nobody. Nobody. Um, but I guess nobody cares about that. He's still going to school, so that's good.
0: Well, but and, uh, Diego, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Character development. This was a good <laughs> moment for the show. Like JJ, you, JJ has. I a saw soul. a lot of
1: growth in JJ here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole episode can be summed up as JJ wrestles with his demons while John B wrestles with a the crocodile.
2: There and you they go. Both win.
0: And both won. <laughs> and
2: they both win and they both and, and win.
1: Speedy recovery by John B after I, getting his calf bitten off.
2: Literally running oh through gosh. the boatyard,
1: running. S- speedy recovery. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Speedy I recovery. mean,
2: not only that, but they, they, they then go to the Oh, this is also this,
1: get- yeah. This is the episode where they find the cross. And Pope goes yeah. up and gets stung by like eight wasps and has a super serious allergic reaction, and then he almost dies.
2: Right, right. But like the, the the cross is hidden in the wooden beams of this super super old church, which I thought that was that clever. cross looked heavy. It was very clever, but I can't imagine that that little church was able to hold it up. But they get the cross down, and then they're like, "Oh my god, he's stung. We got to go." Hide the cross, and JJ's like, "Oh, okay." And he, like, you know, tosses a post-it note on it, basically to hide it. But, he, but as he's running out, he keeps saying, "Like, I didn't hide it well enough. I didn't hide it well enough." Like, even he knows. That's good gonna character find
1: development. Oh, shut up, Diego.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the old
1: J wouldn't admit to his mistakes. The old JJ. There you go. Admit to-
2: <laughs> so then, so that takes us right to episode nine, um, where. The Pogues deal with a slew of setbacks, a medical emergency, a nosy neighbor, parental ultimatums as they attempt to save Pope's family legacy. So they they've got to they've got to save him. So they take Pope to, again, JJ's ambulance driver cousin, who is like, I don't really know what to do. I don't I only have a junior pen I'm going to give this to him. It might kill him. It might save him. I don't know. And so they stab him with him and then he's fine. Um and then they go back and they see that the cross is gone at this point. Um, and then Kiara also kind of goes home at this point And her parents, again, say, that's it. You're done. You're in this house. You're not leaving again. And so she's just kind of staying on her bed. Um, nosy neighbor.
1: That's the old man in the is. golf cart with a shotgun. With oh, the when they're no. outside the
0: camera. Oh, that's right.
2: Because, yes, because Sarah goes home and they go to the the boys are like hanging out on the wall to talk, you know, to, to kind of watch. And this old man comes over and he's like, Hey, I don't think you belong here. Um, I'm going to call the police now. And John B kind of sweet talks him into saying, Oh, we used to work for Mr. Cameron and we're just here for, you know, whatever. Um, But they're, they're all trying to, you know, they're trying to get themselves back on the trail again. Meanwhile, We see Landry, um, we see her brother, her half brother, open up the cross for her, and she uses the key and opens up the little hatch, and there's nothing inside except the world's oldest
0: moth flies out. Yeah,
2: it comes (laughs) out, and then the brother's laughing, and he's like, ha ha ha, like, you know. And And so he's like, there's nothing nothing for you here there's nothing for you and she's so mad and does she shoot him
0: yes yes
2: okay so she shoots her half brother at this point because he who tells her she's basically been... pretty good
0: aim pretty yeah. good aim yeah he
2: tells her that i she, mean he
0: tells her to kick rocks and throws her to the ground and he's going to take the cross now and make his own fortune because she was saying you know i'm not going to write you into the will at all and he's like i don't need you and then she thanked him with a few bullets
2: yes <laughs> yes she did and so this kind of gets us now. They load, they load the, they load the cross onto a boat. Right, Wraith well, takes control Ra- of. Wraith takes the cross. the cross,
1: brings it home, and then Rose kind of set it all up to bring this goal. What it looked like, Rose was the one setting it up to bring everything to this loading ship
2: right yeah earlier on the whole Rose... family
1: she drugs sarah yeah gets her on the boat everyone's getting on the boat even the pogues sneak on the boat yes a container right we're right. so happy- fortunate it had a
0: big air duct that they could get out of <laughs>
2: as, yeah i mean most you know
1: shipping
0: containers do i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, so Rose apparently, she they show her get a letter in the mail that kind of leaves her shocked and amazed. And so later on, you sort of deduce that that letter was indicating that Ward was still alive and he had a plan and she needed to help him. Um, I mean, so, we
2: all knew he was still alive when the boat exploded, right? Like, yeah, totally. We were all like, okay, this is fake. He's not really dead.
1: No, because character development would have said that he should have died. Suck it.
2: Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Well, so, so let's get to episode 10, the, the, right. the, final, the, final, the final showdown. Bat- yeah, the final final battle. Everyone's on the boat. You know, you got the pokes sneaking around. Then they run into an old friend with Cleo who, who helps them, you know, kind of take over the boat somehow. They, they right. capture the captain, trick everyone, trap him inside. Everyone's fighting. You got Ward fighting with Sarah, fighting with John B, who also had to fight Rafe. You have JJ being knocked out. I I I was I, I did a little, oh, when he right. got hit with the back of the machete and he fell overboard, and then uh, Kiara jumped in to save him. Pope okay. gets the cross, digs it out, and then he's like, if I can't have it, no one can have it. He tries to send it overboard, but super strong Rafe grabbed the <laughs> rope.
0: With the magical hands.
1: Yeah, yeah. no rope burn. Uh, and was able to save the cross, uh, and then the guy, the all the Pogues, with her new friend Cleo, end up in a deserted, deserted island. Yeah, yeah. But, so and then you get the big, 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 big reveal at the end of the episode.
2: Yeah. So my first note in episode ten, the first thing I wrote is, Sarah's dad is going to kill her, and that cross is going in the ocean. And there then <laughs> I'll be darned if, as this episode progresses. Sarah's father doesn't actually try to kill her. Like he puts his hand around her throat and he is strangling her. And I couldn't believe that. And then you get to this point where, where he then, you know, John B comes to save her and he and Ward are fighting. And you'll rem- you should remember that when Ward killed John B's father, allegedly um, the dad falls backwards and hits his head on the edge of the ship, right? And so John B. and Ward are fighting, and John B. punches him, and he goes down, and he hits his head on the edge of the ship, and he's in really bad shape. And John B. has his hands on Ward's, like, shirt, like, ready to toss him over. And he looks at Sarah, and Sarah just kind of gives him a really small nod, like, go ahead, do it like just kill him because he her father has now tried to kill like she cannot overlook who he really is now. Mm-hmm. But John B takes the higher road and, and doesn't do it. But Which I wrote signifies moment, what
0: Diego
1: character development. <laughs> that's like ultra care. That's like
2: I mean, book, it really that's was
1: like perfect. By the right. Book.
2: I wrote I, my note there was oh, sweet, poetic justice for John B. Mm-hmm. Right. Because here he was going to get to kill this guy. Exactly how this guy killed his father. Um, I just thought that was amazing. And then, uh, you know, Diego, you just said everything that happened. And then now they're on this deserted Island and it's not just me. Like we're, we're all picking up the JJ Kiara vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Were you guys not picking that up?
0: Yeah. When she was holding him in the water.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that's happening, uh, in season three. And, and then as, as Diego said, the big reveal is that.
1: John B's dad is alive yeah
2: but I'm trying to remember who was talking to him
0: Limbri, carla Limbri got Limbri, letter limbrey
2: that's right and he, goes he and him that, out
0: he claims that the shroud of Turin is still or that he can still help her find it supposedly um which I love that uh Renfield her half-brother that she shot he I think it was him that was calling it the magical bathrobe I thought that was great <laughs> Um, which you know at that one point where they were in the church with
1: the the wasps i thought they were going to find the cloth and they were going to save
0: pope with the cloth that would have been awesome uh. but yes yeah, so i think uh, so i want real quick on pope and i know we're probably running out of time because we've been talking a lot about this show but i had had to say a couple things i thought the kiera pope moment on the beach where they did it and the only reason we know that they did it was that later on in this throwaway scene she basically said ah oh, it wasn't that great let's be friends and he kind of grimaced and said okay let's be friends it was now, almost
1: as it was almost as if she did it just to like piss her mom off
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and it and it bugged me so much though cuz she it did po, bug me a little too they they had That's this sort not of character development. simmer they was bad no they had this simmer going for episodes and episodes and then something happens off camera and then they have a throwaway conversation and boom it's done and I wanted to see something there, like at least, you know, more of talking. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, overall, I, what
0: do we think though?
2: Oh, all the thumbs up from me. Mark, I loved
1: I, it. Mark, what do you think? You're, you're the new one here. We already talked about how much we liked season one and I liked season two. What do you think after seeing um, them back to back?
0: I, I would get, I would say, watch it. I, I mean, if like, I can't remember, do we do like half thumbs here. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Half a thumb. Um, just think, a half of them, not one I'm, and a half. Yeah, uh, no, just one. Just half a thumb. Um, wow. it's not thumbs down though. It's not thumbs down though. I like. Okay. Y- you've you've shifted my frame a little bit with the Goonies comment. If I tried, I think if I watched it that way, I might have been a yeah, little more yeah. That's more how, into you, it. you
1: can't go into it analyzing character development. You gotta just go into
0: it. <laughs> here's what I need from season three. Here's what I need. I need to find out who the who the body on the beach is, since John B's dad is alive. I need Carla Limbry to be John B.'s maternal grandmother. Because
2: that would set up some
0: serious stuff between him and and Pope's family. Yeah. Because I feel like there's this whole race and entitlement thing going on with these white people taking all the stuff from Pope's ancestors and feeling like it belongs to them. And I, I think you could really flesh that out. Not in an overly cerebral way, but just putting enough tension on the pogues if someone is connected familiarly right. to the limby
2: right
0: right how,
1: how would you feel if they added like some kind of like uh mystical like that that cloth really does heal people and now all of a sudden Limbri can walk
2: I feel i'm like not that. gonna a jump, love that jump in gonna... the shark <laughs> yeah that's right. i'm not gonna be okay with that okay. Uh, i i i because truly i feel like part of the message is that all this treasure is just it's just I feel like the message is the true treasure is friendship because, because that's oh what God. this is. Okay. I mean, Outer, Damn, Banks, is
1: listening, I'm out.
2: Outer Banks is a show about friends and loyalty. Like that's what the, and that's what the Goonies was too, right? It was a show about friends and loyalty. Like if you boil it down to its very essence, that's what that is. And that's what this is. And as soon as you make something actual magic, like, they're gonna remember when they're older. Not that they're real people, but they'll remember these times they've had together. They won't necessarily remember like what the things you that they right found. Now? <laughs> um, I'm saying like
0: It's not really about the treasure. It's
2: not about the treasure.
0: I need I need the pokes to get a little bit of a payoff for all of the suffering, though. Like even the Goonies had a marble bed. They do, full and, of he, and they
1: they kind of said. I think Pope said that he's like. The, today is the last day that we get crapped on, or something, or that we kept losing. We need a win, and yeah, I agree. I right. think I, they 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 definitely need to get a win here. Like, I th- you know, they can only do so many seasons. So maybe season three is the final season, and they they get some kind of payoff. But you can only be so close to millions of dollars of treasure and then lose it so many times before you go crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
2: So, Diego, no, I you, agree.
0: And, you and Amy are, are thumbs up all the way on this. I
1: I I I think I like season one a little bit more just because it was newer and the and I like the idea and the excitement. Uh season two I did like the 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 added treasure of the cross with Pope's family and now he's kinda has some lineage and it does have that uh national treasure feel to it, even though you don't <laughs> like that, but it, it definitely does have a national treasure feel to it. So yeah. I, I do, I like I like it purely just because I, I, I always enjoy those movies like The Da Vinci Code or National Treasure that has like right. kind of like puzzles or ancient history that has secret things and you're trying to figure it out and look for the clues and putting it all together. I, I enjoy movies like that. So I, I,
0: I enjoy this, this show a lot too. Uh, same, in that regard, I agree, 100%. All All right.
2: Yeah. I, no, I mean I'm I'm two thumbs up on this. So, okay. What do we got coming up, my friends?
1: Uh, I ha- I
2: have a list. I got a list.
1: On that, just because this episode has been long, Amy, you can only pick three from your list.
2: Um, so that's not going to happen. So
1: you got so, you got you got to make it count, Amy. You got to make it count. You got to make it count. You got to make it count.
2: All right. So within the next two weeks, I'm just going within the next two weeks because. That'll be the next time we record for Netflix. Um, season two of Control Z, which we did season one. So I'm interested to see season two. Also coming up is The Kissing Booth 3, which what? I love. Yes, yes. Um, and then for my third um, I won't say The Swarm or Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified. Stop Um, cheating and say more than three
1: shows. I
2: won't say Gone for Good or Aftermath or Monster Hunters or Phil (laughs) Wang comedy series. For my third one, I'll say Vivo because my little guy has been looking forward to that. So that'll be the one that I say. I won't say all those others that I'm going to watch too.
0: Uh, Thanks for not saying them, Amy.
2: You're so welcome.
0: (laughs) Mark, what do you got? What about you guys? So, I'm with you on vivo for sure, Amy. That looks like, I mean, it's Lynn Manuel Miranda, so like it's going to be right. awesome. Um, I'm kind of going into documentaries and reality for the next week. Uh, so, uh, Pray Away, which is a documentary by Ryan Murphy about mm. uh, the horrors of gay conversion therapy. Um, yep. I think that's going to be a pretty intense uh, documentary. Then there's The Cocaine Cowboys, The Kings of Miami. Um, cocaine Cowboys is a, a film from 2006, and it had a couple of sequels. But this is about uh, drug traffickers in South Florida. So I lived in Fort Lauderdale for almost 20 years, so I'm interested in watching this. Uh, and then lastly, don't judge. Cooking with Paris. It's a cooking show with Paris Hilton, and I think oh, she is freaking hysterical. You have been uh, judged. Man. Oh my God. Just <laughs> we'll continue for a while. It's you. you ha- you're gonna have to give it a chance. Like I'm. I'm so excited. Okay, that's it for me.
1: I really All right, what about have- you, Diego? just the ufo projects the cocaine cowboys and vivo as well so i definitely will not watch cooking with paris although i will say i will admit that i saw that show what was that show that she had with Simple uh, Life? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. When that and it was, was funny right that was a long time ago it was like what yeah. 13 14 that, years
0: ago more than that i think all right well, all right so- Listen, I'm going to come back after watching this, and if I think it's really good, then you owe me, because I I got into Yellowstone for you guys, so be ready. That was a guaranteed good show. Well, if this sucks, I'll come back honest. I will. I'll come at you you straight, but uh, you may have to bite the bullet for me. Fair Uh, is fair. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I
2: so want this to be good now, because I really want Diego to have to watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you uh, for tuning in. I know this episode was pretty long, but, you know, we, we had a lot to talk about in terms of, you know, outer banks and how to sell drugs online fast. So if you have any other shows that you think we should be watching or you want to leave us a comment or anything like that, you know, check out the Facebook page, Instagram, the Twitter. Leave us something to, you know, talk about maybe in the next episode. But until then, goodbye, everyone. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast, for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these
2: three yahoos found online.